0: Hey everyone, this week we're doing a double feature on two very bright and controversial films, Spring Breakers and The Bling Ring. Spring Breakers, directed by Harmony Korine and stars Selena Gomez, Ashley Benson, Vanessa Hudgens and Rachel Korine, as well as James Franco. The film spirals into chaos when the four girls embark on a journey into drugs, violence, and crime, all in the pursuit of an unforgettable spring break. Our second film is The Bling Ring, based on real life events involving a group of high school students breaking into homes of major celebrities to rob them of millions in clothes, shoes, and jewelry. The film stars Emma Watson, Katie Chang, Israel Broussard, Leslie Mann, and Tysa Farmiga. The films are chaotic, to say the least. Let's get into it. Spring break! Spring Spring break break
1: forever! (laughs) Spring
0: break forever, bitches!
1: I am so excited about this episode today. Oh... I watched uh, Spring Breakers last night with my mom, and she was utterly appalled, as she should be.
0: <laughs> I wonder why. Like, <laughs> th- you know, I think that's the target audience is, um, you know, moms with adult sons.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I did go see it with Selena Gomez's grandfather present <laughs> and her cousin, so I'm sure he was pleasantly surprised by what he found. <laughs>
0: Okay, so like, why is it that Selena's like? How did you know it was the grandfather and cousin of Selena Gomez?
1: So we we got to the AMC like early or whatever, and because like my dumbass thought it was gonna be like crowded, <laughs> even though it was literally an A twenty four movie in like Still what up twenty
0: year,
1: <laughs> like twenty twelve, and um, you know, there's a couple of people waiting outside of the theater and. Uh, one of them was like a teenage girl like around my age and then like a really old guy and she was asking if he had heard from her and I was like oh okay whatever and I was like kind of eavesdropping and then like he keeps talking and he's talking about you know Selena and he said yeah like she told me that she was scared for me to see this movie but you know I have to support my granddaughter either way and like blah 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 all of this (laughs) stuff and you know I had already read reviews by this time and kind of had been like mentally preparing myself for the atrocity atrocities I was gonna see on screen and I was like oh this poor old man is gonna like have a heart attack we should have like a paramedic on hand or something
0: <laughs> I love that literally we all just have an experience with Selena Gomez's grandfather because I was working at Wendy's in like 2009 it was my first like job and he comes in and he's just like, I am Selena Gomez's grandfather. Like, he may have said <laughs> something else, but, like, there's no way I was like, are you him? Like, <laughs>
1: you? <laughs> Mr. Gomez? You know, out
0: there, like, just campaigning for her really hard. And this was, like, way before Spring Breakers. I think, like, maybe, like, early days Justin Bieber dating. And I was just like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, do you want a Frosty? <laughs>
1: You're like, I'm 16, I don't watch Wizards of Waverly Place, thank you. (laughs) I did, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think...
0: So I first, yeah, I first saw Spring Breakers with my little brother, and all I really remember is being like, this is not what I thought it was, this is different. (laughs) And a bunch of, like, kids got kicked out by the Cinemark manager. If you live in Mansfield, Texas, you're familiar with the uh <laughs> the general manager of that theater.
1: <laughs> she kicked me out from seeing Black Swan. I'll never forgive her.
0: <laughs> no way. Yeah,
1: I got a ticket to a separate movie and everything, tried to get into the theater and she was like, "Uh-uh," like before I even stepped in there and I was like, "How dare you?" But, you know, that
0: was that was her main job was kicking yeah. kids out. Yeah. Oh, bless but her.
1: We actually saw Bling Ring together. <laughs> just not sitting next to each other (laughs) i was on a date you're
0: gonna have to remind me of this i do not remember this at all
1: so we were it was the it was the summer i think after i graduated high school and we were hanging out and i like had a date with some random dude and we were gonna go see bling ring and you were like oh i haven't seen it yet like let me come too and like (laughs) of course we were both like dumb and like we thought this was like a hilarious idea (laughs) and so you sat like two rows behind us (laughs) the entire time i, I mean <laughs> i didn't notice <laughs> at all
0: oh, i think, I think a, i'm like quite i think maybe i was like quite a voyeuristic teenager or something but yeah for some reason i don't remember that i, I do remember seeing it at the amc in arlington which yeah, is that's where it, was, it was, was right yep yeah <laughs> oh it was like such a mission to go to like all the way to arlington to see a movie and we just loved it i miss those days they were great
1: Yeah, but I think The Bling Ring definitely holds up more so now than The Spring Breakers, which we can get into in a a little bit. But um, Mm. I just wanted to give some background on each film. Spring Breakers stars Selena Gomez of Disney fame, Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, High School Musical fame, and then (laughs) Harmony Corinne's wife, um, the director's wife and much younger wife much much (laughs) younger and um she is involved in some of the more salacious scenes I would say um probably because she gave him free sort of reign and it was sort of a an insane film at the time because it was like you know Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, Ashley Benson, Breaking Bad and like sort of starring (laughs) in this insane R-rated art film and then It was, I mean, it was my mind at the time. I was, what, 18?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was very intentional, though, right? Like, those casting choices.
1: Oh, yeah, For I'm sure. pretty sure it was. And then mm. I'm not really as familiar with Harmony Corinne's other films. Um, I know we've seen Kids Together, which is his first film. Um, and, yeah. you know, he's done Gummo with uh, Chloe Sevigny and then The Beach bum, which I did not watch because <laughs> it looked like a Springbreaker's ripoff. <laughs>
0: I'm a I'm a huge fan of Kids by Harmony Gr- Curran. I I haven't seen Demo, and I, I feel feeling that I probably would like it, but I mostly I knew that he was like a skateboarder dude <laughs> who wrote the script for crazy, crazy, and I look extremely problematic. It was it was a good experimental movie, but also I just liked him for dating Chloe Sevigny. Seven. I think it's Sevigny. Sevigny. (laughs) Who knows? Whatever. She was just like she's like the epitome of cool, always doing cool movies, and so I thought like what a cool alternative couple. But yeah, that's about as much as I know about about that director.
1: I know much more about Sofia Coppola, whose films I actually have seen, Um, and she directed The Bling Ring. You know so. Marie Antoinette is one of my favorite movies of all time, probably. And then... Um,
0: the Virgin Suicides. The Virgin
1: Suicides. Yeah. Uh, the Beguiled, which is a more recent one. And um, <laughs> Lost in Translation, of course. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I'm blanking on some other ones. But The Bling Ring has a more...
0: That's how I like to like describe myself, is like, The Beguiled. <laughs> I'm lost in translation. Like, it's just very...
1: (laughs) It's sort of this perfect, like, yeah, dreamy, sort of, like, uh, spacey aesthetic that I kind of love about all of her movies, which is why I think Bling Ring was such a sort of departure for her. But it also Mm -hmm. sort of made sense, in a way, kind of examining this, like, obsession with celebrity culture, because she has always sort of been on the line, you know, being related to Francis Ford Coppola, but sort of because of that relation being more associated with, like, art and film as opposed to like movies you know and so Mm. I think her casting choices are much more interesting to me in that she casts relatively unknown people besides maybe Emma Watson um you know Leslie Mann and then uh Mm. Tysa Farmiga is probably the only other one really known from that she did American Horror Story a few times but other than that they're Mm -hmm.
0: all
1: pretty fresh faces
0: yeah and of course this is a true story um but they did like change the names of each of the burglars 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 (laughs) (laughs) so they changed their names and i think they did change some pretty major things about it like the fact that emma watson's character um is called nikki but it's based on alexis nyers and how like they were actually filming a reality show during this all happening, which kind of like, that's not happening in the movie. That's a pretty big deal. So it's not, it, it's, it's, you know, it's loosely based, I'd say from the Vanity Fair article, what's the title of that uh, again? The
1: Suspect oh, the Oh, iconic. What a, Truly
0: great, iconic. <laughs> what a great title. Yeah. So it's about I, a group of just, you know, a group of kids that were, for for a long while, robbing and they accumulated almost three million or so dollars in stolen goods, just from, and and mostly from Paris Hilton.
1: (laughs) Who didn't even notice things were missing at first until the video of the kid in Audrina Patridge's home was released and then she checked her stuff and then she realized, wait, stuff is gone. Which, I want to be yes, that right.
0: <laughs> I know, one could only, one could only dream. Um, yeah, I mean, the the movie's kind of like a, a property show, like watching it back recently, which I don't think I thought that at first, but no. I think, you know, I was, <laughs> I was just like, who is a modest celebrity? Like Orlando and Miranda Kerr, like they've got Rachel Bilson. <laughs>
1: I know, Rachel <laughs> Bilson's house was cute. Yeah,
0: I know, and that was actually... Yeah, that was actually Paris Hilton's actual house in the movie, which is disturbing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I remember in the lead up to this film coming out, I was so excited because, you know, I sort of was alike in the mindset of these kids and I watched Pretty lo- pretty Wild at the time and really? was sort of when I was when I was younger I was like obsessed with like celebrity culture and like and stuff like that and like Lindsay Lohan and Paris I was obsessed with like you know Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton and this sort of celebrity culture at the time you know watching E! True Hollywood stories and VH1 Lives of the Rich and the Famous and, you know, all of that (laughs) stuff. So, you know, something about what these kids were doing sort of clicked for me in a weird way. (laughs) Mm. Probably in a really unhealthy way. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, not so unhealthy that I robbed anybody. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. I mean, like, it's just kind of funny how, like, the casting choices, I think, for Spring Break and The Bling Ring are, like, They are different. Like, Spring Breakers seems really intentional. Like, even with the names of the characters that, like, what he named each character in Spring Breakers. Whereas the bling ring, like, some of it felt like, let's get whoever we can get. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The only intentional choice of that, I feel like, was Emma Watson. Very
0: strange that was so intentional like I was reading like just the wikipedia page about the reception of the movie and like everyone thought Emma Watson was so good and I thought she was trash (laughs) (laughs)
1: there were I think there were moments where she really shined um particularly in these sort of moments where she delivered like the monologues kind of or was really the, the focal point of the scene but I did feel as if especially in the group scenes she sort of gets lost in in everybody else because i think everybody else is giving a sort of more authentic performance whereas she's really playing up this sort of inauthenticity
0: cuz she's like a posh like british girl right yeah <laughs> she's she's one of the people that would be robbed <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly so she, so she's really playing up this idea of and like this parody of like la culture whereas like these other kids are probably living in la probably looking up to the people that they're robbing and so it's much easier maybe for them to put themselves in you know the the shoes of these kids whereas emma watson is sort of playing it up to an extent that it becomes parody almost
0: yeah 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 I'm which i mean sad that like katie chang didn't get what she deserved because this is the most dead-eyed performance, just like scary girl. Like all she's doing is stealing people's stuff, but then you just feel like she could stab me and kill me. Like she, she why wasn't she needs like a like a um, a midsummer type role? You know what I mean? Like she <laughs> is creepy as hell. Oh yeah, she I mean? was like she a was step great. away
1: from extreme violence. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you could have put her on Spring Breakers, like shooting everybody, and like it would have been fine (laughs) yes
0: oh man no she was unreal actually so i think i think i was a bit annoyed that it was like emma watson's performance and i was like hers is maybe like third you know like even israel (laughs) broussard who played mark um who like i didn't realize that's the guy from to all the boys i've loved before did you realize I have
1: not seen that. I'm I mean, a terrible
0: you not know, I mean, that's, that's fine. No, you do not <laughs> need to see
1: it. You're not 15. <laughs> I mean, T. I wish I was, but.
0: <laughs> but I do, yeah, I, he, I think he kind of like, maybe he got a little bit taller or slimmed down or something. I don't know what it was, but I watched that movie and thought like, who is this cutie? By the way, so if you have seen this movie, he's the one that is not Noah TAO or whatever his name is. <laughs> um he's, he's, he's the other one and he he's very very cute in that movie um but yes <laughs> <laughs> and see I think it's sort of
1: interesting that we're talking about the bling ring performances and then I'm, I'm trying to think of like the performances in Spring Breakers particularly of like the four main ca- the four main girls and none of no. them really stand out for me I mean and there's the obvious James Franco as Alien the rapper and it, but I mean like of course that stands out because it's james franco yeah. playing this sort of outlandish southern florida
0: those cornrows honey yeah ugh, creep like what a <laughs>
1: creep like and and thinking about <laughs> these the sort of allegations that have come out about his like sexual misconduct against you know women at nyu and you know just general making yeah. people feel uncomfortable it sort of added new perspective to his behavior towards these four girls that was really discomforting in a way. Oh, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, when yeah, he's, and, like, has Selena Gomez's face in his hands.
1: Ah! Oh, yeah, I felt so bad for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, and
0: that was horrible.
1: It, it It is one of, I think, his better performances, you know, because he sort of really mm-hmm. Im- crazily embodies this, like, psycho like just this true unhinged (laughs) I don't know I don't even know how to say it like his intro line where he's like I'm alien they're like alien he's like well my real name's Al but I'm really not from this planet (laughs) or whatever I'm like (laughs) yeah dude
0: (laughs) no I think I think that's extremely intentional because like they each of these characters is named something like flamboyant on purpose right so Selena Gomez is called Faith you know? And she's the most...
1: <laughs> so on the nose. So terribly on the nose.
0: It's very on the nose, but you know, you know, bitches in the South do be called Faith. Right?
1: They be called Faith. <laughs> and they do be religious.
0: <laughs> they do be religious. They don't have a choice, right? And so... <laughs> so she's... Yeah, she's called Faith, and she's, like, the most innocent of them all. Like, she's the sweet one. And you see, like, at the beginning of the movie, you know, she's literally in church in one of those, like hyper like fucking mega church sort of things that like a lot of kids we went to school with went to like every wednesday
1: yeah (laughs) and sunday and tuesday
0: yeah (laughs) jesus is a cool dude kind of churches um yeah jesus was the first radical etc very very funny (laughs) Uh, and vanessa hudgens is literally called candy (laughs) Stop.
1: And then wait, what's Ashley Benson's name? I'm like I'm blanking on hers for some reason.
0: It's it's Brit, but I feel like Yeah, I don't really I I could probably dig for a reason why they would have called her that, but like maybe Brit and Candy just sounds I don't know, chaotic in a way. Not sure. Yeah.
1: I mean the most immediate thing I can think of is she's, you know, the blonde girl and then there's so many references to Britney Spears in this film. So I'm wondering if maybe that that's a connection. Um and Very then I, I know. <laughs> and then uh, you know, we have the fourth girl, the pink hair Cotty, which
0: Yeah. What's a cotty? Is...
1: <laughs> I'm thinking like cottage cheese, like cottage core. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> There's probably something. There's probably some sort of slang that Cotty is that I just I'm I'm just blanking on. But yeah. I think maybe we're not supposed like she's She's kind of the least significant one, even though she's not the baddest or the most significant. But that her being in the middle of that makes her kind of she has some standout scenes, but she's the scenes where they're all together, you do not notice her, right? Like yeah, she has no. her two scenes where she's getting beer pulp poured all over her all over her. Um, that you ain't gonna get this pussy scene. And and oh. then that when she gets when <laughs> then when she gets shot, you know, spoiler alert. Um but other than that. In the like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, not even anywhere important.
0: <laughs> this wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she literally gets shot in the arm and, spoiler alert, they, like, massacre an entire house. <laughs> like, 15 people. <laughs> They're like, we're gonna kill everybody. <laughs>
0: it's
1: so weird. Wait,
0: this, this is the most ridiculous film, honestly. The trajectory
1: oh. of it alone is just, like, mind-boggling to me. And, like, I... It, I was thinking about this last night, like, what is this movie trying to say? Like, is there a commentary here as far as, like, Mm. violence and sex and drugs and, you know, guns and America? And, I, I, you know, I think I came to the conclusion that, like, it really says nothing at all by trying to say too much.
0: (laughs) Mm. Well, I mean, so from the beginning, right? So there's, like, the first scenes are the girls. I think it's Candy and Brit. They're in, like, a lecture hall, right, Um, for school. And they're, like, literally getting a lesson on the Reconstruction era, right? There's, like, a picture of Emmett Till, like, on the projection screen. And I did not notice that at first. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't see it. It was just, like, it was really brief. It's not like the girls were talking about Emmett Till. They were talking about wanting to go away for spring break. And so I think that was, like, from the get-go, you kind of realize that, like, they are not immersed in their education they are not trying to learn about the world around them they are trying to leave and like it just so you know kind of who these girls are from the beginning whereas like they're kind of they're kind of vapid like they're not they're not really paying attention to reality at all and so um yeah and 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 they 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 want a more extreme lifestyle you know they whenever they do rob the chicken shack they talk about how you should just pretend that it's a video game so like it's it's all about pretending and avoiding reality and that's why the movie is kind of looks like a like a video game or a music video
1: yeah and like I mean the song playing during the robbery at the chicken shack moment for life by Nicki Minaj which is is such an interesting choice and probably the most like popular song (laughs) that yeah. in the film and you know like it just makes you think like what are these the desires and the goals of these girls in a weird way and obviously to like to, it's... to go to
0: florida to go to apparently
1: like the... that's it <laughs> but like also like it, it's so it's so interesting to me they're sort of like you know drawn to this like american excess i guess you could say like money and drugs and guns and things like that I mean there's the iconic Vanessa Hudgens line seeing all this money makes my pussy wet (laughs) which I actually captioned a photo with that on like Facebook like in 2013 and like which is like probably in really poor taste when I think about it but um so like I don't know I I struggled because I was like thinking while watching it yesterday that you know, while it is sort of saying something, Mm. it doesn't really do a good job of laying out like this sort of thesis statement at the beginning that you would want to sort of use to analyze the rest of the film, you know? And then, because then you have James Franco characters come in, which is like, he i feel like he's almost talking about like capitalism and sort of like the look at all my shit scene <laughs> and like all his guns and cash and he's got shorts in every color and his pan and oil and all of that and so i don't know it like and then but then it goes back into sort of like robbing people and then i'm like is this film racist because or is it a commentary on racism because you have these like two like you have a white girl going into like the house full of black people at the end and like literally like killing all of them and I'm like what is like going on like what is this like trying to say here I was so confused and then like when you point out the Emmett Till thing at the beginning that's like looking at that in contrast to the ending you're like what is happening
0: Mm, this is the American dream (laughs) y'all Well, I, there may be something to say about, like, since it's like a turf war, right? And then, you know, sort of having that first sort of scene, which I don't know that many people would notice unless they were actually trying to analyze this movie as we were doing. Um, but you could kind of maybe say that the turf war was like their own civil war. However, like, kind of dramatic that seems for those girls to get involved with it. Um, yeah, but it, the, the, you know, that, the second part of the movie where it's like, everybody has gone home. And, um, you know, everyone's gone, everyone's go- gone home, and that keeps repeating over like the montage of scenes that are like, you know, bright pink and bright yellow. And yeah, you're just trying to figure out like, why, why do they, <laughs> what are, what's attracting them to all, all of this danger when they could just go back to their college and, and finish school and like, you know also why did they not have any money to go on spring break in the first place right i think i think um yeah. i think we point i think i pointed this out earlier just like how the the money that they collected at they were like going through how much money they had and i think it was something stupid like three hundred dollars
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and it's like which um, i can really like,
1: use right now but anyways
0: <laughs> yeah like how they must not be really living in the present to have you know, known about spring break for the entire semester and between what is it four of them they only have 300 bucks <laughs> so yeah I, I don't
1: know there there was something about the repetition that you kind of mentioned a little bit ago too like of, of these montages and stuff like that and I, I feel like because of this sort of format that Harmony Korine was going for mm-hmm. the plot details needed to sort of further his you know ideas sort yeah. of became, would become lost on, like, you know, just the average person who's just, like, watching this on Showtime anytime, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> like, or, like, yeah. renting it on Amazon or whatever. Like, they're probably not even, like, watching through the first 30 minutes. They're like, um, this is weird. I'm turning it off.
0: <laughs> Break, Spring Breakers is on Netflix in the UK, by the way. <laughs> just for anyone who wants to watch. Um, but, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's an experience right like that's what i think that he was trying to do it's very different from kids because kids was like i don't know kids was like just it was brilliant you know it it was absurd and it was upsetting but it had so much to say it had a lot to say about youth cultural at that very specific time which is kind of what this is trying to do like it's this is not this movie wouldn't be the same in the 90s really i mean we
1: yeah
0: we wouldn't be wanting to um, look at like a group of of white girls from the south going to um you know going to Florida on spring break like we were like the sort of urban the, looking at teens through like an urban lens was really what we wanted to do in the 90s and he did that really well so like this was this was brand new to him in a way but he was still trying to get the same the same narrative about like the bad things and the bad like the bad desires of of young people and how they want to live excessively and extremely
1: yeah I think it's really important to note that the opening montage and a lot of sort of the intercut scenes of these teens partying on the beach those are real he actually went down there and and filmed that and I mean (laughs) that blows my mind a little bit because that's like absolutely disgusting behavior <laughs> but yeah yeah
0: it was it was but like, i think i was like well this is like all these nipples are different i appreciate that <laughs> let's celebrate that like <laughs> yes
1: <food> diversity <laughs> there
0: was food diversity which of course i appreciate i mean yeah literally um i mean i think that was just also hit like us feeling like voyeurs as an audience and um that was that seemed intentional as well like you're supposed you're supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable right all these flashes of bright colors like kind of make you feel sick after a while um it's very saturated it's very sweet um you know just and they're the girls are always in bikinis they show up to court in bikinis which i mean maybe that would happen i don't really know i've not been to (laughs) courts i've barely been in a bikini um
1: Um, well let right me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really I think funny. I think it's just it's just an interesting and I used to love this movie, so I think it's but it's a failed experiment in sort of blending this like mainstream actresses, this like mainstream aesthetic with um, you know, like the like candy colored neon and guns and violence with yeah. sort of like this art house storytelling montage repetitive lines over and over again i think it sort of does not blend well in in the way harmony corinne thought it would
0: Mm. and like does the film promote female empowerment like you know because it's an all-girl cast with the exception of james franco who's basically their pimp (laughs) like (laughs) the the day he comes in and bails them out of jail like does it like i'm all for like villains you know like female villains like girls don't always have to come in and be like uh, you know really pious and perfect so i like that I, i think there was something empowering about like the girls taking over the movie and at the end of the day the two girls brit and candy like kind of ended up on top i guess you know like they or or you know but you could also comment on like just their privilege in general like why did they just get to go in and massacre a house and then drive off with the person's car like and that's the way the film ends and so like oh yeah you can think about it like oh what would have happened to them afterwards like would they have been arrested like would they have gotten away with the chicken shack robbery and all of that and I think my thoughts were they would be able to get away with anything because they're sly and they're white and they're pretty right
1: exactly yeah and like they sort of have this like Charm about them, where people look at them and they would never assume that they would do this in the first place. Exactly. Kind of
0: well, and, yeah, yeah.
1: And that's what makes them so sinister, especially in the in some of the scenes where they're like sort of um, they're reenacting their robbery on the chicken shack in the parking lot of uh, the gas station. And they're putting, you know, the finger guns to uh, Selena Gomez's head and they're like, get on the ground. And like, Selena Gomez is like, you guys are scaring me. <laughs> I was like, you're scaring me too. Like, can we chill?
0: It was cool though, because I, I didn't know Vanessa Hudgens could do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> still, I was unsure. Like, and I'm, you know what? I'm still unsure, but like, she did what she had to do in this movie, you know? she did what she had to do she's she was actually scary which is probably closer to what her personality is especially if you watch her especially if you watch her Instagram lives I'm like you're infuriating
1: (laughs) you're like insane
0: (laughs) did you see her video where she was like what did she do like this is bullshit like this um, lockdown like I know people are gonna die like that's inevitable (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah and everybody was like
0: whoa well people were all like oh my god like she's so selfish blah 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 and i was like y'all just don't get her she's hilarious
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a commentary
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) like yeah i didn't feel any type of way but i just know that she must be like oh crazy i don't know yeah
1: and so i kind of i think I want to sort of look at Bling Ring now and think about mm. the larger sort of statement there, mm. which, which to me has mm-hmm. more to say personally. And, and I don't, I don't know if that's because maybe it's based on, on a real story or what, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think just the idea, so they, I guess the robbery started out pretty small. Like they were kind of like robbing cars at the at the start of the movie. The uh, Katie Chang character playing Re- Rebecca um, with uh, with Mark, and so they, but they seemed to be from. They were from Calaba- Calabasas, California, right? They were not at all like whore they they just wanted more so they were just very greedy but whenever they started robbing the celebrities just the way that they kind of composed themselves like when you'd see them walking down you know sunset boulevard or whatever it was and just kind of like driving the cars and singing and singing and going to clubs like this gave them a feeling of elevation um and to feel like a celebrity and because a lot of the celebrities that they robbed you know like Paris Hilton for instance is an heiress right like she does reality TV and like you know basically just endorsements and she's that's where they robbed so much stuff like why should these people not feel famous if they have the stuff that you know these famous people have there's there's no other reason they just need to look the part and like getting the stuff from the um, like robbing the houses gave them that that dream that they wanted
1: yeah and sort of like I love the moment when they're at the club and they, and then Kirsten Dunst makes the cameo in the club, which, you know, <laughs> Sophia Coppola called her up and was like, hey girl, I need you in the scene really quick.
0: <laughs> and like, she's she, like down. Yeah. She
1: keeps her then, in the
0: closet, probably.
1: She probably. Keep, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Paris Hilton was there. And so I, I sort of think like brushing shoulders with these sort of celebrities was something that kind of like spurred them on. And, you know, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which they originally lived in Calabasas, premiered in 2007. So, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years before they started doing this.
0: Mm. And
1: um, so it's sort of interesting now to see this manifestation of celebrity culture and almost as if they were like forcing their way into... Into being celebrities or into this sort of circle because of their obsession, yeah. and I mean they sort of became celebrities in their own right. I mean they have a movie made after them, you know, interviewed for Vanity Fair, all of these things, and yeah. you know, I mean they inspired like a generation of reality television. You know, Pretty Wild was being made. Uh, you know, you have all these like sort of E Hollywood knockoff sort of shows and stuff and
0: I'd also say that like doing like criminal behavior is like part of that lifestyle right like they in between all of the in the movie they would be like showing paparazzi photos red carpet videos and videos of celebrities like Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan walking into court and like that can't be ignored because like as much as they idolized just the way that these people looked and how much money they had, they also, like, they, how, they didn't feel much guilt because the people that they were robbing were criminals themselves, like.
1: <laughs> I mean, they literally end up with, you know, in the jail cell with Lindsay Lohan, one of their victims.
0: Right. Like, I mean- which is insane. They probably, I mean, I would say that they, at least some of them, maybe one or two of them, like, figured that it would be cool to have been caught and, like, get notoriety. But I don't I don't really think any of them wanted to be caught for this. But I think the character that played Katie Chang, like, because they have this scene of her where she's talking to um, a detective and she's like, um, he's telling her that he's talked to all of the victims of the robberies. And she's like, what did Lindsay say? Like, you can <laughs> see that you know she she obviously was about to throw everyone under the bus she was gonna do what she needed to do to not get in trouble but at the same time like she's still like brainwashed
1: (laughs) yeah and i mean she allegedly really said that to an investigator which which blows my mind because i mean and there there's also this sort of ignorance of the whole process which I'm sure their privilege sort of insulated them from because when they meet when they initially go to arrest um uh, Katie Chang's character
0: yeah
1: she says if I tell you where everything is you know will you let me go Mm. and it's like honey that's not how it works (laughs) if you know where (laughs) this shit is you stole it baby (laughs) like so I I, it's sort of like you know they almost felt as if they were insulated. And I think, you know, maybe it was this sort of idea that because they were stealing from people who already had so much mm-hmm. that, you know, what's what's the issue? You know, I mean, Paris Hilton literally didn't notice anything is missing for a while yeah. and and things like that. So it, it's this sort of excess culture and, and this sort of, you know overtly rich and privileged and almost untouchable Mm. that it felt like that they wanted to access in a way, or they felt like they were accessing because it was so easy for them to get in these homes.
0: Do you think that the film kind of like fails to get to know the characters at all? And like, you know, talks about why they would feel so confident in doing this or like, you know, like it just, the characters are really shallow, right? Like all, all they ever say is stuff like, that's cute, like, blah, 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 and, like, <laughs> um, what other kind of lines, like, that's chill, and just, they, they're very sort of vapid and plastic, um, and, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know if that's just the script's fault, or, or what, like, you can, I feel like bec- we got a little bit of Emma Watson's character, Nikki, in her house, because you can see that her mom is, like, obviously kind of on another planet maybe that's why she would behave like this um but otherwise because you know her mom wanted her to be famous you know you could kind of see why Nikki yeah wanted to tag along to all of this stuff because her mom was you know her mom wanted her to take Adderall <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah like it was, it was she was doing mood boards with Angelina Jolie's face on it you know so yeah she, um they, I think they, they may be a product of their environment more than we really got to see like that was a good display of it but like what about the uh Rebecca Katie Chang character like apart from we don't like don't know a thing about her and so like that is the character that I want to sort of you know meet
1: yeah see I sort of i I sort of struggled with this idea between is it a fault of the script that we don't know the characters or is it on purpose that it's sort of detached and shallow in yeah. a way and I mean obviously you have to be some sort of sociopath um <laughs> to to go into other people's homes and smell their clothes and go through their personal items and take them and stuff like that
0: yeah so
1: I mean there is on at least uh you know, Rebecca's part, Katie Chang's character, this sort of sociopathic detachment and this sort of uh, just apathy towards everything but celebrity culture. And and so yeah. I, I, I want to give credit to the script in a way almost because I do feel like maybe it's intentional. Yeah. Because I, I do feel as if Emma Watson's character, Nikki Moore, is more fleshed out. Um not only because, you know, maybe they had more reference material as far as the reality show Pretty Wild that was on E! And, you know, mm-hmm. Nikki Moore sort of wanted to be a celebrity so bad that maybe she was more willing to sort of work with, um, you know, the Vanity Fair writers and um, sort of willing to get her image out there. But she also sort of had this sociopathic detachment because, I mean, even at the end, she was still sort of like, acting like she didn't do anything wrong. And, uh, you know, I think this situation was put into my life, like, kind of thing. And it's just, it, it's it's, mind-boggling to me. But I want to say that I think the detachment and that sort of lack of characterization is an intentional thing.
0: Because
1: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because these people are, are psychos, most of them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like Mark is maybe the only one that's not, a psycho you know he's really the only person in the film i think that displays any sort of empathy or hesitance to do anything
0: he seemed like he just wanted to hang out like he just wanted to vibe like he just he wanted, wanted friends, some friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: he was confused about his sexuality and he just wanted friends
0: <laughs> yeah like obviously he was having a good time they were in the club he was like posting photos on facebook which i think got them got them like figured out really <laughs> Yeah, yeah they were posting they all these pictures but like i would say i mean you know i i kind of would understand like i think yeah if you probably would have to be a sociopath to just rob people but like they i could understand maybe not seeing these people as actual people like you know if you were to see them on the street of course you're not going to go up and rob them right just because that's kind of like a violent thing to do and a bit risky and also bad (laughs) but they you know but you might go up and like take a photo of them or try and take a photo with them you know tell everyone that you saw them like you would objectify these people because they're not really real like they're you know they're images you know they're like cartoons in a way like so if if you see one out in the wild you would you wouldn't really necessarily treat them with like discretion or respect and so like the fact that they were in the homes of these people but like there was not they weren't there to catch them like i don't know maybe a lot of people would behave in that way like especially kids young kids who don't really fear long-term consequences um so because yeah i'm thinking about like i don't know just maybe some younger siblings or cousins or just people that I may have known if I put them in Paris Hilton's house and Paris Hilton wasn't there I mean they may take something right like I mean, <laughs> I mean shit I might take something <laughs> <laughs> right well especially if you're especially if you're really young and just stupid like you, I I don't think the fear of consequences really comes until you're an adult and so I don't know yeah it's tricky i i think that the movie definitely it for me i was thinking like even like seeing like adrena partridge's house or whatever her name is i was like fuck this like there are people that go out and save lives why do people (laughs) have so much money and like god and
1: adrena partridge is like the (laughs) stupidest person ever (laughs)
0: she was like doing an interview about like what frozen yogurt she goes to and it was just like there you go her appearing at this event talking about literal nothing is gonna get her so paid and so that's yeah i think that would also play into like why you think you'd rob them i think that they robbed like one of the madden brothers which i mean this is this i may be completely wrong about this but literally they have a song lifestyles of the rich and the famous where they say like these celebrities are always complaining why don't we rob them like
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) some points were made some points were made like
1: (laughs) yeah i think they almost feel yeah as if they were asking for it in a way and i mean these these celebrities you know so put themselves out there and and at this time it was sort of the dawn of you know like instagram and, and and twitter i guess or not really instagram instagram was a little bit later but Twitter. And sort of these, like, reality shows that followed, like, behind the scenes of these people's lives. And so I feel like these kids almost felt as if they knew the victims, you know, as if they knew these celebrities and, and, and sort of by extension um, were almost invited in, in a way, and sort of were we're told like that this would be okay because you know yeah. being obsessed with these people is normal you know yes. around this time I mean Audrina Patridge was robbed because she was on the hills you know and and yeah. so you had the, these shows in the beginning like I said earlier of the Kardashians and stuff like that and so it, it's almost this culture that like invites you in and and these kids just kind of took it too literally and and got too close. And I mean, you mentioned long-term consequences earlier. And I mean, the funny thing is, is they didn't really even get long-term consequences. I mean, you know, I think Nikki Moore served maybe 30 days in jail. Um, (laughs) A couple others, you know, I guess, I don't know, you know, but I don't even think they ended up really serving that much time. I know they got a lot of probation and, you know, probably fines and, and all of that stuff and And that their
0: family could afford to pay which exactly and you know
1: you get and you get really down to it and like you know (laughs) have these people don't need the things that these kids stole not that that makes it right but yeah it, it it is sort of interesting to think about like you know especially in the context of spring breakers which is also sort of a commentary on capitalism and overindulgence and things like that
0: mm-hmm. and how
1: like this is sort of a real life example of that and you know these kids were doing mm-hmm. what we taught them to do and we're loving what we taught them to love and and wanting yeah. more because they were told that they could get it they just went the easiest route to get it yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Oh, capitalism is upsetting me and my (laughs) homegirls.
1: Where the hell can we go?
0: (laughs) True, true. But,
1: you know, some other victims that they didn't actually rob but who were considered were miley cyrus and like zach Efron, Hilary duff vanessa hudgens these sort of disney celebrities which i think is hilarious mm. and then you have you know kourtney kardashian was on their list um hayden Panettiere, i think was actually robbed which is so funny especially now looking back at this you know however many years later and <laughs> thinking about how these people really aren't famous anymore in the way that we think, and how right. sort of celebrity the celebrity culture of this time has sort of evolved into into something completely different. And so it, it's strange to me how this movie feels so prescient, yet now it still does feel sort of dated.
0: Who is gonna rob Miley Cyrus? Like that is a risk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she probably you know has she has like- a gun. She has a gun. She's got like seven dogs and like a horse and a pig to like barricade the door. Like, there's actually there's an episode of like Punked where like they basically, it's like her and Liam Hemsworth. And like they <laughs> they like put like some like naked people in their car and like locked them in. And it looked like they were just having sex in their car. And like Liam Hemsworth, like was look, he was like trying to fight them. Like it was scary. <laughs> I feel like the producers of Punk were like, "Shit, like he's gonna beat them up," so I'm not okay. trying to rob them.
1: <laughs> literally, Punked is like the strangest concept for a show because that is literally like emotional trauma, like for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day because they revived it for like that failed streaming service Quibi with like Justin Bieber I guess as the host I need to and delete I was like,
0: that trial I need to delete that Quibi oh trial. yeah
1: girl it's ending soon they're gonna charge you <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know I was thinking about that and I mean that was sort of, punk was sort of around this time as well and you know so I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's such a hilarious concept for a show I mean you have these like people crying because they think they have like ran over somebody at a gas station I think that was like Hilary <laughs> Duff or something and she's like so upset because she thinks she's nearly killed a person and I'm like that's probably scarred her for quite a long time
0: <laughs> no I have some, some of my favorite ones are the one where Emma Emma Roberts is in a frozen yogurt place And, like, the machines are just overflowing and, like, they're blaming her for it because she, like, tried to get some yogurt. And she's, like, (laughs) this, she's just, like, walking out of the store and they're like, why won't you help us? And she's like, this isn't my problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that That sounds exactly like something she would do. Speaking of Ever Roberts, did you know that she was supposed to be cast in Spring Breakers?
0: Oh, my gosh. She said no because she didn't want to gain any weight. Yes. (laughs)
1: How toxic. (laughs)
0: Um, you know what the girl needed the job. I don't know what kind of like Eric Roberts money she's getting, but like (laughs) I get like I guess those TV shows did okay at the start, but like I don't know. She can't part she was doing some scary movies for a bit, but she would have been pretty good. Who was she supposed to be cast as?
1: I think she was supposed to be cast as either Ashley Benson's character or the character oh. his wife plays. Because I don't think his wife was initially supposed to be in the film. And then they couldn't find yeah. anybody to sort of fill that role. And he was like, I guess I'll give it to you.
0: <laughs> I do not see her like making out with a girl in a pool and James Franco and like putting a gun into James Franco's mouth. Like there's there, like the, the parts in the movie, like the, the part with the gun in James Franco's mouth I was just like, "What in the world?" And then you watched this with your mom. Like, how did you? I work? know. I was, on,
1: I was on my phone. He was right. like, "I just sucked both y'all's dicks." And then my mom laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, "Okay." That like that's traumatizing. Like, what was Selena Gomez's father thinking, or grandfather rather?
1: <laughs> God, I don't know. He probably walked out as soon as she went back to her little school. <laughs>
0: I know there's so many questions it's like also they're in bikinis for the whole film where were their keys where were their phones genuinely Uh,
1: that's what I was thinking I was like did y'all just leave your shit at the hotel like I don't understand
0: (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't quite make any sense but yeah I I, I think that that one is because you know these films really do pair well together but I do I think that they are wildly different because Spring Breakers is kind of like a fantasy movie yeah
1: it's like a fever dream
0: yeah exactly like you feel like you just sort of downed a bunch of skittles and took an ecstasy you know <laughs> and then you somehow found like a scooter in your driveway i don't know Is that kind of trip um, i
1: and sounds like the best kind of trip
0: <laughs> yeah i mean how would you how would you rate each of these films like do you them just like one to a
1: hundred like where would it land one to a hundred let's see um i mean you know mm-hmm. i w- would give the i you know ask me when i had first seen them i'd give these films perfect scores because i was a crazy 18 year old monster yes. um but <laughs> <laughs> but now you know i think i'd give spring breakers a solid like 40 to 50 two stars maybe Damn. um Damn. you know for effort um for aesthetic, I mean, the, the film is gorgeous, you know, and you know, there wow. there are some really interesting artistic choices that Harmony Corinne makes that, um, you know, I, I think do hold up. And, um, with Bling Ring, I would maybe give it a solid two and a half, three stars,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: just because, mm-hmm. like we said before, that whereas Spring Breakers feels like a fever dream, Bling Ring is almost sort of cold and detached and it Mm -hmm. it works better that way i think um what would you give them
0: i would give spring breakers three stars okay and i would i would say maybe like 60 out of 100 or so because i do still i I respect it as like an art yeah really um which i might not really stay the same for the bling ring and it, it may just be because it's um, nonfiction or something, and maybe I don't regard it as that. But like, I think spring. I, I also have like kind of a kinship with Harmony Korine for kids, yeah. and I find him to be interesting. So maybe that's why I might like it a little bit more. But yeah, it's I, I think it's just because even though it's like drugs, crime, violence, and it's quite like vapid and you know shallow. I think that he it's not obvious really what he's trying to say, and I kind of like that because you can kind of like interpret it however you like. Um, bling ring, I would say two stars. And I would maybe say 50, like 50%. Like just because I there, there were times where I was sitting watching bling ring um, this most recent time, and I thought that it was bad. Like, I thought, like this is a bad film. And it may just because I was watching it in my living room, trying to analyze it. Whereas, like the first time I saw it, like in a movie theater, and you know the movie, like the soundtrack for the Bling Ring is great, and you have this music like blasting at you in the theater, and it's a better experience. But like for watching at home, I was a bit like, eh, I don't know, like
1: that's not something um, I expected. I I totally figured you would <laughs> give Bling Ring higher, and I would give Spring Breakers higher. So that's. Oh wow. That's funny. Just cuz I used to I was obsessed with the Spring Breakers like I, I had the the ski mask with the pink ski mask with the unicorn patch on it. I had one of those for quite a while. Um I was obsessed. <laughs> it was it was weird when you think of, when you think about it probably. There was probably something wrong with me. <laughs>
0: You liked Britney Spears. I did. And I mean,
1: those montages, I'm glad you brought that up because the montages with Britney Spears, I mean, that montage where they're robbing all those people while every time plays in the background and, and they're just, James Franco's playing that piano on the deck behind, in front of the ocean, and and they're doing like uh, ring around the rosy with like the shotguns between their hands. There's just something yeah. about that that you know oh. hits deep.
0: <laughs> mm, so deep. I mean, it. Yeah, it's like what uh what Alien slash James Franco said. This is a motherfucking art piece. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's what Spring Breakers is like. That is the energy that um it exudes. I don't know. Literally uh, iconic. I th- yeah, yeah. I think I mean critically, I think people regard Spring Breakers more than The Bling Ring just because it was a bit more. I think it was a bit more ambitious because it was like it was trying to do this like subject, which is pretty like I don't know. It's maybe even a little bit lame, like the sort of black gangster turf war thing. The freaking like girls getting excited to go on spring break in like Florida. Like that's embarrassing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, especially now considering <laughs> like, how many people got sick in Florida because of spring break this year.
0: <laughs> well, whenever they were whenever they were showing these, uh like the they were interviewing kids at the beach in Florida, being like, Why are you here? like don't you know there's a pandemic going on and they were like we're here to party <laughs> like that was literally spring breakers and i think they were calling them spring breakers like in the interviews like on the news and i was like the cultural impact literally
1: <laughs> uh
0: um yeah that seemed like you could have I think that Spring Breakers like in the backdrop of like 2020 coronavirus like would have been really interesting cuz every like having everything just be like shut, you know, like would have been so creepy. Oh, it didn't bleak. I would
1: have loved it.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, true. But yeah, they're they're both they're both just okay. They're not brilliant. I think that they do go well together and um I, I think that I'll, I think that if it's on, I will sit there and I will look at it, you know, like <laughs>
1: yeah Well, I guess that's our show today. Then that was that was a good one.
0: yeah I know. I, I feel like I have a lot to think about. Like I want to. I'm. I'm like. I want to go upstairs and be like, would I rob Paris Hilton? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, what is my level of morality here?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so. But you know, like, I I feel like I need to go think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, good talking. Yes, to you. I,
1: I enjoyed it very much. I will talk to you soon.
0: I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our episode on The Bling Ring and Spring Breakers. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Little Film Club, and you can like us on Facebook at Little Film Club as well. Um, We'll be back soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.